Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. I'm Brad Anderson. I'll be your host today. I have with me Brad Bells and Nick Rott. Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Brad. I serve at Mouth of Richland Baptist Church in Blaine, Tennessee. Uh, I've got a beautiful wife named Emily. We've been married for almost seven years. And uh, two boys, Landon Judah, who is four, and Lucas Ezra, who is a year and a half old. I'm Nick Wright, and I'm the senior pastor at Mouth of Richland in Blaine. And I have a lovely wife named Sarah and a son named Colt. And he is going to be two years old in less than a month. Oh, so, awesome. Uh, we're gearing up for, for his big two-year-old birthday party, so looking forward <laughs> to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys coming out. So um, I know that we kind of know each other because we kind of grew up in the, the same area in Knoxville. Uh, and so I, my, my dad, I know, coached you guys and uh, was probably taught you guys as well. So uh, I was real happy uh, that you guys agreed to, to meet with me and talk with me. Um, so why don't you guys tell me a little bit uh, about what it's like doing ministry with somebody that you kind of grew up with? Yes, yeah, so I'll go first. Uh, I think it's... Uh... Great experience, great thing to be a part of. Uh, we got a lot of history. We know a lot of the same people. Um, obviously, we serve uh, basically in the same community that we're from, uh, just right outside of it. So we, mm-hmm. we know a lot of the same circles, groups of people, families. So that's that's a great thing. And uh, we can obviously look back at memories from the past and mm-hmm. uh, things we goofed up, you know, uh, at in high school and basketball memories, football, all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's, I think it's it's great. Yeah, I would. I mean, definitely agree. I think uh, another positive of it is you have that history, and it makes you just feel so much more of like a communal connection. You know, like you're really you're creating like a lifelong friendship and and commitment to to one another. Because we, you know, we've talked about it in the past. You know, if if Brad went to another church or I, you know, whatever, that it would not be one of those things where we weren't friends anymore, so to right. speak. And so I think we've built a relationship because we've known each other for so long that I trust him and trust his judgment and trust I trust him with my life, basically. And so I think that makes it really easy to lead together right. because I, I trust him. You know? right. And so we, we're not just constantly second-guessing each other. And I would hope he would say that. <laughs> I hope he would say the same that what, he's not just second guessing everything <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, all the time. But you know, I, I definitely think that helps, and um, it's cool to see our families that have also grown up. Yeah. Our dads were friends growing up, right? And it's cool to see our dads were friends, we're friends, and then now our sons, you know, playing yeah. together on Sunday mornings and stuff. It's just a neat thing. To yeah, see. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So like. Um, being together and knowing each other for so long, um, when conflict arises, does that make it tougher or easier to kind of be open and honest with each other? Personally, I think it makes it easier. Uh, when we got hired at Mouth Richland, we made a decision going into it 
that we were going to be upfront and honest about anything. You're like, hey, if you're not feeling good about this or you've mm-hmm. got a problem with this, let's just talk about it because, you know, we love each other and we want to serve the Lord to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And we said it's a lot easier if we just follow Scripture and go to each other as a brother because in a lot of circles, that's not what happens, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. All of, all of a sudden, got gossip starts and... <laughs> You try to take back doors to handle issues, and it never works out the way the Lord wanted it to anyway. So, Yeah, I, I would agree it makes it easier because, like I said, I think we have that trust with each other so much that we trust that we're going to respond right. in a positive way That because we've had conversations where we sit down and <clears throat> they weren't fun conversations. Right. Um, but I'm so glad that we had it and mm-hmm. that it wasn't repressed. It didn't, you know be allowed to fester to create bigger problems and stuff and then we we always look back at it and are like man i'm glad we went ahead and yeah. dealt with that um, yeah. which that's just a good life lesson i think for anybody in in just about every relationship you have that's how you should handle conflict oh, yeah. I, I mean in my opinion but yeah i, I can't I, and that's the thing is you know i hear uh, so often that um youth ministers and the the head pastor tend to conflict because, you know, they have two different visions. And I know sometimes it can be be difficult. So that's good to hear that you guys are able to be open and honest. So that's that's always a blessing because that, that's, that's not, not true for everywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't even, uh, I, you know, Brad's not just a, a youth a student pastor. I mean, right. he does that as a huge part of his job, but Brad does so much else in, in the administration and the planning and so much for the church that uh, if his vision is different than my vision, we're, we're the first time I'm going to hear about it's not in the youth department. Right. It's going to be much more evident because we are, I mean, he's doing very important leadership stuff all the time. So right. That's not just left to me. And, and so that, that makes it easier too, because he doesn't feel left out of the direction of the church. He's always a part of it, you know? Uh, Brad, I noticed that you said that when we were hired. So were you guys hired together as like a package deal? Yeah. You want me to tell it or you? Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) So yeah, uh, we were serving at a church together. Mm -hmm. He was the youth pastor and I was called the transition pastor. So that was like um, not transitioning to a new pastor, which is what everybody always thought. It was like the life stages where you transition from teen to adulthood and adulthood mm-hmm. and the parents and stuff. And so we were both serving at a church together and things did not go well at that church. And so we both exited the church mm-hmm. uh, within a couple weeks of each other. And we had connections at Richland through some of Brad's family. And uh, so we kind of started talking to them. We were both supply preaching because they were without a pastor. The church was... Um, was shrinking and uh we kind of came to him and said we're out of out of a job you know and uh, we we want to we want to be in the ministry yeah and it was kind of like let's pitch you this idea and we were like instead of hiring one pastor why not hire two you know <laughs> and uh, it was like you take a big gamble yeah and uh let's see if it pays off and it has it things have went uh, went great but yeah we were we were brought in together, voted on together in That's the same awesome. day. It was you couldn't just have one. Yeah. It was it was both, both. Uh, which was such a weird 
yeah. thing, you know, I'm sure. Uh, looking back on it, you know, you're like, how did we, how did <laughs> yeah. we ever convince anybody yeah. to, to do that? Um, but, I mean, the church was only, there was 15 people that voted us in. Oh, wow. So it yeah. was it was shrinking. And, was, I, you know, just to add to that, I think uh, we looked at it as, hey, you guys have a need for some leadership. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a job, and we would love to come and help you guys. And uh, that was pretty much it, you know. Mm-hmm. You guys have a need. We need a job, and we want to serve in ministry, and let's see, let's see what happens. We use the word revitalize a lot, but that wasn't really in our vocabulary when we got hired there. It was like, hey, we're just going to help out. Let's just try to grow the church. Yeah. And uh, through meeting with people and equipping ourselves, we've learned, hey, that we actually experienced a church revitalization <laughs> and didn't know what we were doing. Uh, and so we kind of stumbled into it and have figured it out along the way. Right. Yeah. And I would say... You know, people will probably be like, well, did you pray about that? You know, we, <laughs> we honestly didn't have time to, you know, to be like, hey, let us think about this kind of deal. And yeah. the way I took it was I just asked the Lord to, hey, if this is this is what we are to do, just make it evident. And he did, you know, he made it evident that this was an opportunity that we needed to pursue because they were so willing to mm-hmm. entertain the idea of hiring two guys who at that time we were both under 25, were we not? I think I was 25. You were 25, I was 24. And, <clears throat> That's crazy. You know, yeah, it's just wild. To and the median age there, uh, which was, we said this before we started recording, but it was 75, you know, yeah. just a, a group of older folks that were considering shutting the doors. And uh, by the grace of God, we did, it just worked out. It's, yes. been, it's been fun. Yes. That's so awesome. Because you don't, you don't hear stories like that often of two people coming in at once mm-hmm. and then also like a church that's, basically on its last leg saying, hey, let's just leave it to the Lord and we'll, we'll gamble and, well, maybe not gamble, but <laughs> we'll leave it to the Lord and see what happens. And uh, that that's so awesome that, uh, that that's kind of kind of worked out for you guys. Uh, and I know you guys were saying, what, what kind of numbers are y'all running right now, roughly? So I would say uh, yesterday, I think we had 60-something there. Um, Pre-COVID, we had, we were running over 100, you know, people and, but now, you know, through all the different struggles and things we face, we've we've got a core group of about fifty folks, and yeah. we have we're still having visitors every week. We had a, a new couple of new families there yesterday. Our younger uh, families have really what we've seen step up, and so yeah, I mean we're running sixty, fifty to sixty, mm-hmm. um, and that's climbing. I think every week um, we we've started doing some new stuff, and we can get into that later. But we've started doing some new stuff, and. Uh, we're just seeing things pick back up, hopefully, to try to get past the COVID era and move right. into some bigger and better things. So what's it like going in as a 25 and 24-year-old to a church of people who are three times your age? Like, what's that What's that like? Were they open? Were they? I mean, obviously they were, but, like, what was it like? At first, it was weird. They would constantly refer to us as the boys <laughs> instead of pastor, you know. So we had to get used to that. And, right. I mean, it was definitely a test of pride. Yeah. Like, are, are you going to let that stuff bother you? Because right. if you were the, you know, and by the grace of God, we've not been that way. But if we were the kind of guys that were like, hey, I'm the pastor of this church, and you yeah. better refer to me as a pastor of this <laughs> church, you know, kind of deal. Um, I mean, they called us the boys all yeah. the time. Um, and sometimes they treated us like 
we were their their <laughs> own kids, you yeah. know, um, not in a negative way, like, but yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. you know, they they just saw us as babies, basically, right. um, and so that was that was a little difficult at first. It took a, a little bit of adjustment, but I would say what we made our decision to be was, you know, the the authority that we have to lead the church wasn't on our age or. Um, our experience, it was based in scripture. And so we we were real clear about that, that we're going to preach the Bible. Everything we do is going to be in the scriptures. And so our age will not affect the leadership because we're just going to be obeying what scriptures say. Right. And so we could have been two years old. And as long as we were obeying the Bible, you know, yeah. people probably follow us, you know, <laughs> if we're, you know, being obedient. And so that's what we've been striving to do is gain experience and wisdom along the way to accompany our scriptural centeredness. Right. And I think that's been, in my opinion, I think that's the key is that you'd be hard pressed to go back and our mistakes aren't that we're not following scripture. It's just that we're young and right. ignorant you right. know, would be our mistakes, yeah. primarily me, I'm sure. So, And also, I think the culture that the church uh, has kind of fallen into is that the pastor is the boss and he knows everything and he's got it figured out going into it. And I think from the get-go, me and Nick made a decision to say, hey, we're going to be transparent, we're going to be humble, and we're going to tell them up front that we're going to blow it. You know, there's going to be some things that we just <laughs> we just blow, and mm-hmm. uh, it's okay because um, we're all trying to figure this out together right. and we're trying to advance the kingdom mm-hmm. and um, – we're going to trip and fall a few times, but I think we're going to continue to push forward, get up. There's going to be forgiveness mm-hmm. and uh, grace given. And that's been a great thing to mm-hmm. to not have to worry about always having to hit the nail on the head. Right. To just say, hey, we're going to miss it a couple of times, and it's okay. We're going to continue to push forward for the glory of God. And it's worked, you know, for the most part. I think we've uh, tried to build a culture at Mouth of Richland that isn't, Everything has to be perfect all the time. We're transparent. We're all human, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to fail. And uh, as long as we're humble about it and we you know, do things the right way, the Lord's going to exalt us. That's what he tells us. So so speaking on that, like, what are some things that y'all have done uh, in your ministry that you've really seen success in uh, in kind of growing from a core of 10, 15 to to 50 to, you know, I know you guys said y'all have been at a hundred. And so, I mean, like, what are some things that y'all have really done that's really kind of helped your church? I'll, I'll start that and then I'll, I'll share shortly, but then I'd love for Brad to share. Our biggest success has been in our student ministry. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, I think, and I'd love to let Brad tell that story because it's awesome. But when we came in, like we just said, we, we wanted to just preach the Bible and, mm-hmm. Uh, and when we say that, we're not saying that we came in and said, hey, we're starting in Genesis, we're going you know, <laughs> going to Revelation um, yeah. kind of deal. What we mean by that is that we were preaching expository sermons where right. it, we weren't getting up there and just saying, here's what I think or here's what came to my mind as I was walking into the pulpit <laughs> just now, um, that we spend hours studying and, mm-hmm. and, and reading and preparing and we would exegete scripture. Mm-hmm. We would give contextual backing to like like yesterday, I preached out of um, Habakkuk chapter 3. And so I spent the first like 10 uh, minutes of my sermon giving a contextual background for what's happening in Habakkuk 3 because Habakkuk wasn't written to Mount the Richland and Blaine in the 21st century. So yeah. you can't read that and say, here's what this means for us because it wasn't intended for us. It was right. intended for Israel, 
you know, thousands of years ago. And so we made a commitment that we're going to be contextual and then we're just going to preach the word for what it says and then, you know, apply the principles Mm -hmm. uh, to our lives today. And so I think just seeing the response of people that came up to us within the first few months, because especially when we first got there, we would preach not back and forth every Sunday, but Mm -hmm. we uh, would let Brad preach more often back then so they could get to know him better. Now we're on a little bit more of a rigid schedule where I I preach the majority now, but they would come up to us and be like, you know, we've never learned so much about the Bible. (laughs) You know, we didn't know there was this much to learn about it. Um, and, And you would just see people's faces light up and lights, you know, come on it's not like I'm Adrian Rogers, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not this gifted preacher in, in my opinion, but right. when you just preach what it says and you don't add all this fluff to it, that's what the, that's what people want to know. They yeah. want to know who God is and yeah. who he is is what his word says. Um, and so I think just being centered on that has really helped grow the church, um, keep people that are there engaged. Um, and then we've wanted to build up the other ministries and, you know, I'll let Brad speak to the student ministry, but we've built up a student ministry. We've recently started a children's ministry. We've um, built Sunday school up. Mm -hmm. We have brought in discipleship groups. We've had uh, quarterly events, fellowship events, things like that. We've just done a lot of different things to add different opportunities, but uh, go ahead, like tell, tell the story about the student ministry, because I think that, that's a great story, you know. Yeah, when we got there, we uh, looked at the church and we said, "What do we need? What do we need to get better at? Where do we, you know, where do we start?" And obviously, you're in a room of 15 people, uh, 75 or older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to reach other people. That was the first thought, and so we thought we're young family, or you know, we're both young. We have young families. We need to start. Uh, ministry for young families and one of that obviously student ministry and uh, we had one student that was coming her mom's older and she was she was the one student coming and we said hey let's just let's just run with it and uh so we started leading that started doing a bible study and she invited a friend and you know they invited a friend and um, we did a few events to you know just try to build some momentum Mm -hmm. and uh the Lord really blessed it. We've went to a couple of, you know, little retreats and uh, nothing fancy. There wasn't a student ministry budget when we got there. There wasn't, you know, all the the things that a, a hardcore student ministry has now. We didn't have a band. Uh, we didn't have a stage. But we tried our best to follow the Lord, teach the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, really, we were created what we wanted to do in a large scale for the church as a whole, just in a small scale for the student ministry and make it relevant for them, you know, for middle school and high school students. And uh, it's it just worked. Uh, so we started with one student. And uh, last Wednesday, we had, I think, 18, 20 in that room, in our student ministry room. We had two kids that had never been there before. Mm-hmm. And that's happening every week where we're having new kids come. And they just, they heard about it. Their friend invited them. They saw us on Instagram, Facebook, and they wanted to come try it out. You know, we built relationships with people. Uh, I think that's what Christ did. He mm-hmm. had his disciples, and he built relationships with them, and he discipled them that way. And that's the model we've tried to establish. So now, you know, we started with one. And it was just me uh, and my wife uh, helping with that. And um, we've got, like I said, 20 coming now. We've got a team of volunteers that serve their young adults. 
All of them are younger than 30. Um, young adults serving with students weekly. We've got a little band that we have. Uh, it's not official, but a couple of people who can play an instrument and sing. And we just, we're there to, to, to worship the Lord, study His Word. Uh, I'll say this, just recently we have started a children's ministry, uh, which I'm going to start leading that, and so that's going to pull me away from the students. Um, but we also have a, a younger guy who's in his 20s, uh, he's, I think he's 20 years old, 21, who has called a ministry, and he's going to start leading our student ministry. So he's got a, you know, he's walking into a team of volunteers of young uh, young people to help him lead a, a, a student ministry, and um, me and Nick are going to just try to walk with him, just like somebody walk with us, you know, mm-hmm. to try to uh, guide us on uh, serving the Lord, but it's so cool to be able to just create something that out of nothing, watch the Lord work in the lives of students. We've baptized students. We've seen students saved. Um, and it's fun to now see, now we're seeing those students that we saw saved and baptized, uh, discipling their friends and inviting their friends. And uh, a lot of people that can that are probably pastors listening to this, uh, they know, and you can relate to it, you know, when you see something that you've planned and prayed for and thought about and when you see it happen there's really not much better than that you know Um, it's just it's cool to see the Lord work in the lives of young people that way so yeah that's what I'd say Um, our student ministry has been a great little baby that we've been able to grow and uh, watch it you know uh, just flourish I always say that uh, student ministry is probably the most difficult but yet most rewarding uh, ministry that we get to do because they can be difficult to deal with sometimes, but, uh, you know, and, and it's true for almost any ministry. I've just done more in youth, Sure, but, uh, you know, it's just, you do all that work. And when, like you said, when you get to see it, it's like, um, you know, when I got to be a part of a, a kid getting saved one time, uh, you know, I got to just be a part of his journey and that happening. I, I remember when he came down, just, just crying, just like bawling my eyes out. Mm. And, uh, if if you know me, I'm not a I'm not a crier like uh, that. Just that doesn't happen. And I was just so filled with emotion just because I was so happy right. uh, that this kid, um, you know, gave his life to the Lord. I mean, it's just you know, just ministry in general can just be so emotional. And I and I know for you guys, it sounds like you're putting a, a lot into it. So in saying that, like, what are what are some things that you guys have gone up against that uh, that have been some struggles that uh, that you've had to kind of overcome? Well, obviously, COVID yeah, um, yeah, of has course. been, you know, a major stumbling block <laughs> um, from from the get-go. Just our youth and my, I mean, I was, I was even younger. I'm younger than Brad, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to be this, the lead pastor. And I, so for me, it, my big struggle was from within that, did I have enough confidence did i have mm. enough wisdom did i have have the you know ability to to do this yeah um but also just a lack of experience about we, we get we're going to preach the bible but you, you got to do a little bit more than that you know you, yeah. you got to be you got to plan you got to strategize you've got to you know be able to lead people and so that's that's what i've been really trying to grow myself in you know it's no secret that, i mean from what brad just was telling he he is gifted at youth ministry and creating that ministry and building it up. So that's obviously why I'm not starting the children's ministry. <laughs> he is because he's going to do the same thing with the children's ministry that he did with the youth. Right. I, mean, I mean, if he does, at least we're going to you know, have a huge party <laughs> to take two ministries from nothing into flourishing, you know, um, which I know he will. And 
So I think it's just learning how to lead mm-hmm. at such a young age. Um, that has been such a struggle um, for me. Yeah. Just how do you just continually grow in that? Because it's not like I was a 50-year-old pastor that had pastored three or four churches and had a system mm-hmm. that, you know, when I come into a church, this is what I do. You right. Know, you, if you ask me that right now, if, hey, if you started another, or if you pastored another church, I couldn't say, well, this is what I'm going to do because it would be a completely different situation than what we encountered at, at Richland. And so just learning on right. the fly yeah. was such a struggle. You know, I mean, it was it's great to be able to learn that way, but it was difficult uh, for sure. And I mean, we definitely encountered some resistance along the way. I mean, we had people that within the church that did not like us, did not like what we were trying to do, change and all that. So, I mean, that was, that was difficult too. Um, But we've, we've learned, we've Mm -hmm. overcome that. And I think it's, grown us into who, obviously who we are today and that I mean for myself I'm much more confident mm-hmm. in my position as a leader not saying that everyone should look to me right. you know I'm right. I'm indestructible kind of deal but I I feel more able to step up and be like all right I can I can do this you know I, yeah. you know I've got confidence in myself to to be able to do that so that's that's been a struggle uh, for me so well, as Nick's talking, I'm thinking about the way things go down at church and, you know, decision making is a big one mm-hmm. that uh, I think everybody struggles with. You know, you, you come upon a, a problem and you're like, OK, how, how do we fix this? And uh, that that's just a big one when it comes to your age, because you've never you know done it before. Right. Um, one benefit for me and Nick is that we're complete opposites uh, in the way we work. So um, Nick is uh, gifted at preaching. His gift is preaching the word, and he's good at, at communicating and talking. And <clears throat> I wouldn't say that's my gift. I would say my gift is more um, just shepherding, discipling, you know, that mm-hmm. planning, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in our giftedness, we're different, and we're able to play off of that for one another. Um, Nick's strength is he slows things down and he says, let's think about this for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my strength is, uh, or maybe it's a weakness. I'm not sure. I'm like, let's put our foot on the gas and go, you know, we've got to get through that wall yeah. and the faster we hit it, the more it'll come down. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, when we come upon a struggle, I feel like we've been able to help each other along the way where Nick's like, all right, this is something we need to think about for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say, no, I think this is something we need to. And what what's happened is when we approach it in a spirit of humility and, uh, you know, just like we said earlier, we just said when we have a you know, disagreement, we're going to talk about it. Right. When we do that, it works out really well. And it's helped us, I think, personally dodge a lot of conflicts that could have came up if we would have just took my route, which is to run full speed into mm-hmm. something, or whether we've, you know, taken things slow. Uh, that's the first thing that I think of when you when you talk about a struggle. Um, the other thing I think about is COVID, because you know, not only did it prevent us from going to church for a little bit and um, prevent some people from still not returning to church, right. it, it's it became politicized. And all of a sudden, you went from having you know a group of people who were there for the Lord, um, but now those group of people that are there for the Lord are thinking about their political stance 
in everything that every decision that we made, um, whether it was mask or no mask, or we're meeting or we're not meeting, those things were th- thrown into the mix. And um, as pastors who were supposed to shepherd the flock, um, you can't pick a side right. and say this is what we're doing. And if you don't get on the, if you're not in the flock, get out. You know we don't. That's not what Christ called us to do. We're there to love people. Right. Um, and so that was a, a, a struggle, I think, that, and we're still work, work, uh, walking through that, you know. I think now our world is just hyper politics now. Yeah. And so uh, that that's something, and, you know, I think I could probably think of several, but those are the bigger things that I think that, uh, you know, we, we've came up against. And uh, there's just thoughts in the back of your mind when you make decisions. How does this affect this or how right. does this affect that? For us, having two of us is a lot better than just being one of us because we can bounce ideas off of each other and he can say, no, that was stupid. Don't say that ever again. Or he can say, that's actually the greatest thing I've ever heard. Let's do it. And vice versa. And so working together as a team, it really benefits. And I think for people listening, if you can have someone that's uh, can be a wingman. If you don't, if you don't have a wingman, get somebody that you can be honest with and be vulnerable with, and say, "Hey, is this stupid or is this a great idea?" Um, or, "Hey, what do you think we should do here?" Because there's, you're, I mean, whether it's COVID or you know an event you're wanting to do, you, right. you're always going to have those kind of things where you're like, "Hey, I, I really don't, I don't know what people think about this. Right. I don't know how effective it'll be." That's so awesome when you guys can be open and honest with each other and still love each other. Um, even being critical of, of one another. Um, but knowing that it's not like that you're, you know, being critical to be critical that you're doing it because, you know, you're just trying to be open and honest with each other. So that's, that's awesome. Cause that doesn't happen often. So, yeah, we, uh, just to add to that and then if we need to go move on, we can, (laughs) but this is just kind of funny, but also for, if there's pastors listening to this might be helpful that, I mean, there's been days where I, I preached on Sunday morning, and then when I came in Monday morning, we always kind of have like a little debrief of, you know, like, hey, how'd it go, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday kind of deal, and then what's this outlook for the week? And so I, I've I've come in on a Monday morning, and, and he's been like, hey, that was not the best sermon <laughs> yesterday. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, like I I – and very rarely am yeah. I like, really? Like, I thought it was great because most of the time I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it, it it's so good to have have that said to me, right. to, to challenge me. And I've said the same to him, too. Yeah. Like, he, he's come in and I, after he preached, I'll be like, hey, here's a thought. And, you know, just do, do what you want to with that. And so I think it's just you you got to have somebody in that and it, and it doesn't need to always be your wife i know a lot I was of say, i know a lot always of, my wife a, a lot of pastors matter. think you know say well, that's my wife that's what yeah. my wife does kind yeah. of deal like okay she, my wife does that too yeah. but it's 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 good to have someone else too yeah. um yeah. to just keep you in line and to challenge <clears throat> you cuz you know you you get in ruts or yeah. I, don't, I don't know how else to say it uh but it's just kind of, you know, it's comical in, in a sense that, hey, man, how are you? Good morning. Hey, by the way, you blew it. <laughs> you know, like, awful, man. Yeah. Woo. You know, obviously, you know, we're not saying it like that. We, yeah. We're more tactful than yeah. that with each other. But it is true. I mean, we, we've we said that kind of stuff uh, before. and But I, I had one more, one more thought about okay. str- struggles, and, yeah. then, and then we can uh, move on. But 
just specific to our church too. I think we're in a rural area, right? And um, we're in a area that's steeped in like history mm-hmm. and tradition. And our church is was established in 1789. It's one of the oldest churches in the state. Yeah. Um, so we we have so much history there that the reputation of the church was a struggle. Oh yeah. Because it had a reputation. Right. And of recent it wasn't a good reputation. Yeah. And then coming in and trying to change a church that had not seen a lot of change really. Right. I think the building was built in the fifties yeah. and it pretty much looked like it did <clears throat> in the fifties. Yeah. And so um it's not like we've built a new building. We've just slowly cosmetically added some things right. and that was a struggle. Even something as small as adding TVs mm-hmm. for a screen for worship mm-hmm. was a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing that took us down or anything like that, but there was resistance. So it's just everybody deals with change and, right. and resistant to change, you know. So we know what, you know, for those of you listening, we know what you're going through. We've been there, you know, kind of deal. You're not the only one. So I just want, kind of wanted to say that too. <laughs> yeah. Ch- change will always one of the hardest things for churches to, to say is like, okay, we need, there's a better way we can do it. And mm-hmm. I know not all churches are like, oh yeah, well, let's, let's try it. It's usually, no, 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 no. That's, uh, that's how we've always done it. Which is funny because I always hated that mentality of, oh, that's the way. But I caught myself saying it the other day. I was like, I have turned into what I hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, I understand that that can be tough and that's, that's definitely a challenge. So. Well, uh, guys, I appreciate you guys coming out and sharing a little bit uh, today. You know, we, we really appreciate that. And to, to our listeners, you know, you guys, if you ever have any questions for Nick or Brad or want to reach out, you can always reach out to us at uh, Carson Springs with uh, at our email of ccinfo at carsonsprings.com. Or you can just reach out to us Facebook, uh, Instagram. We're, we're on all those great uh, live uh, platforms. So, Um, Guys, I I appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much, and uh, I hope you guys have a, a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.